This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Philanthropy, social cause, CSR, as we call corporate social responsibility. We are quite familiar with these terms. CSR is nothing new to us and has been widely used in softer context like you know going green charity events etc more like a to do good and be seen as good however if you look at what happened last year with this pandemic uh i guess some things kind of changed you know in a in a big way we can say and we are seeing an upswing in the number of large enterprises pulling together and offering support to the society at large and now actually this can be a question are large organizations enterprises bodies pulling together and offering support to the society at large i madhulika your host for brewing talks will indulge in a discussion today with not one but two such ladies who have been an integral part of csr social cause based initiative for a very long time i have with me on today's show smita bharti executive director president of sakshi a rights based ngo and also the program director of rakshin project a youth led movement to prevent and resolve sexual abuse and also with me on the show today is natasha rathor director of marketing and communication for sakshi Well Natasha has also been a filmmaker and content writer for many years and she is the one who is responsible for putting together interesting campaigns in this particular sector and area. So welcome to the show uh, Smita and uh, Natasha. Thanks Madhulika. Thanks Madhulika. Happy to be here. Yeah in fact uh, this is the first time I have two people on the show instead of one so I this is definitely a different show uh, completely. So I'm looking forward to this conversation with both of you. Likewise. Same here. Smita I think I'll start this conversation with you uh, so you've been uh, you know involved in many such initiatives and activities for so many years you are also a recipient of the Karamveer Gold Chakra for social change and justice right so can you tell us about how CSR scene is changing how NGOs have also developed over time how mindsets have changed over the time I'll tell you why I'm asking you this question um, oh. so you know I remember when I used to be a part of the corporate communication world and everything oh. a lot of companies used to shy away for even communicating to its audience be it internal or external audience about what they do when it comes to social cause and impact and when I used to probe this further I used to they used to say this is not something we should talk about we should do this in the back of the stage and just let it be there you know and us to feel why not why not let the world know what impact organizations are causing for better for the betterment of the society so tell me now from your perspective smita is how is the whole thing evolving um thanks madhulika actually um if you talk about philanthropy and if you talk about the act of giving mm-hmm. we come from this whole traditional mindset of you know that the left hand should not know what the right hand is right. given you know correct, correct. and that probably uh, did inform for a very very long time about how people gave you know mm-hmm. it was it was more of a dan uh, mm-hmm. many times csr drives even today or donation drives are called danotsav okay mm-hmm. true, so true. 
so that mindset still exists mm-hmm. um, but more at a level of an individual giving at this point of time mm-hmm. where csr is concerned i mean of late it has become a law and then there are certain provisions that kind of say okay a certain percentage of your profit over 3 years needs to be given for the social cause or the betterment or the development of the um, country per se right, you know, looking right. at the underprivileged looking at the underdeveloped uh, and, and so many causes so many levels the development sector is like we have so many things that need support mm-hmm. um, uh, that are coming in and and more and more companies are like rising up to this whole uh, collective action collaborative approach of saying okay how do we actually join hands with people on ground who are actually mm. working for this and we have the resources so how does it all come together So this has also had a complete journey, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. even before the law came in, there were um, large corporations and organizations who have been giving and working towards this, um, uh, but m- mostly in their own geographies where they were right. operating. and they're coming okay. in from that perspective now okay. it has really become um, more and more it has become about the sdgs the commitment mm-hmm. the promise that we have made for the sdg 2030 more and more corporates more and more csr is being now framed for how is it that we are going to actually enable the sdg 2030 to come mm-hmm. you know to realize okay. to realize right. and 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 so are the organizations on the ground who are actually getting the funding from the csr projects also so it mm. becomes like there is more accountability there is more visibility there is transparency there is a measure it's no longer just a case of you know rain water it's about mm-hmm. how do i harness that rain water so mm. that i can actually build upon the results that are coming out Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. I think I think the taxpayers' money, uh, yeah. the companies' money, all all of that is kind of coming into a very accountable structure. Mm-hmm. Um, that really is the uh, current climate where CSR is concerned. Okay, so is it also to do with the way way the overall the audience, uh, you know, uh, not just specific to an organization, have started looking at such philanthropic based activity? It's like you know, again, we are coming back to the pandemic bit. So a lot of people have now personally started getting involved in reaching out to people and help in whatever way possible. So is it to do with this changing mindset of people overall that's kind of leading to such positive uh, changes as such? i would also kind of attribute this to the ease of communication and visibility that we have now mm-hmm. uh, given the kind of connectivity the world that we live the connected world that we live in now where it's very mm-hmm. easy to and transparently to share not only what we are doing but mm-hmm. also the reach or the impact or the result of that particular you know True. Uh, initiative is and and uh, we all like to see results don't we You know, mm, absolutely it is visible to us uh, in an immediate there are many initiatives which do not have uh, immediate results like impact takes a long time to come in some mm-hmm. people say in our times it takes a generation for our mindset to change mm-hmm. you know but but time has compressed major like hugely the time has compressed for this kind of changes mm-hmm. to come into mm-hmm. the mind it's not given the uh, connectivity that we are living in right now but right. yes um uh, pandemic 
um, the kind of situation, the climate and the uh, times that we are living in is actually bringing out uh, mm. so much of positivity from everybody. Everybody wants to reach out True. and do their bit for those who probably need it more than what they have. I we have we have our social medias, our conversations, our communications are filled with acts of kindness and compassion and mm. action on the ground. I mean, I haven't seen this kind of uh, rising to meet uh, the need of another as what we are witnessing now. And this is huge. I mean, what we are actually going through is also uh, Mm. of a huge magnitude right now. Of course. Yes. So So also, yeah, I'd like to add something to that also. Sure. Sure. uh, The pandemic has definitely brought a lot more social issues to the forefront. Um, Mm-hmm. Things that we had been sleeping on for the longest period of time, uh, like the healthcare infrastructure, you're talking about mm-hmm. violence at home. Uh, there are definitely issues that have come to light that we've kindly, finally woken up and taken cognizance to. So I think mm-hmm. that's, that's there as well. Absolutely, absolutely. That's true. And I think, uh, I'll, though I'll come to this part, uh, you know, of conversation a little later with you, Natasha, but I think even the whole social media is playing a big role in getting such, uh, you know, uh, conversations out to the audiences, particularly. 100%. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smita, could you just quickly also tell us about uh, Sakshi as an NGO, right, which you've been a part of and how do you see, uh, you know, what challenges did you see earlier, which you now feel is, you know, kind of going to be uh, easier for you to kind of get your vision out to organization for better support, uh, etc. You know, so could you tell us more about that? Sure. So Sakshi has been working on interrupting uh, sexual violence from the world mm-hmm. since 1992 till today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been working on uh, we've worked for law reform, law advocacy. We brought about the Vishakha directions, the Vishakha versus state of Rajasthan was a PIL that we had done, uh, which has given us the Workplace Sexual Harassment Act in uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. We also have done the Public Interest Litigation Sakshi versus Union of India, which has gone on to inform the sexual assault bill, the uh, POXO, the act that we have, the expanded definition of what sexual assault is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so we have been working and then we also worked uh, hugely with a uh, judicial education program, introduced gender equality uh, mm-hmm. within the country, not only with within the India, but within five countries of the region mm-hmm. uh, with Supreme Court, High Court and District Court judges that if we have gender-based laws, we really need to be actually addressing the uh, deeply embedded uh, systemic misogyny and look at the, the interpretation of the laws from a gender lens. Okay. Um, uh, so that primarily has been, and now we are engaged with uh, working with uh, the youth uh, mm-hmm. The national service scheme, um, uh, um, vo- uh, volunteers in colleges across mm-hmm. the country, where we are actually looking at how is it that you actually look at interrupting the cycle of sexual violence, starting from child sexual abuse, because that's where it starts, doesn't it? If mm-hmm. I, I if I have lived through child sexual abuse, then I'm I'm kind of ready for any kind of mm-hmm. uh, violence in my life because I'm my my idea of personal integrity, autonomy, Correct. boundaries, everything is compromised as a child. Correct. I don't understand consent anymore. And so then I start managing sexual harassment or domestic violence or intimate partner violence without realizing why I'm doing it and mm-hmm. what I can do to stop it. So our conscious decision was to start working with child sexual abuse um, as a carry on from Sakshi versus Union of India and um, mm-hmm. work with the youth and make them into preventers because mm-hmm. there's enough and more work that's happening with 
children or with the people who have actually experienced it and survivors. But what we really need to do is to actually look at how is it that we can prevent this from happening? What are the root right. causes that we need to be addressing? Uh, right. And that has been our approach from the word go. How do you create legal frameworks? How do you create definitions? How do you create an environment where root causes which perpetuate sexual violence can be addressed? Mm -hmm. That has been the work that we have been doing. Now, when you say how easy it is going to be for us going forward, I think is what Natasha was also indicating, Mm -hmm. that not necessary, not necessary. Mm -hmm. Mm. Being the the pandemic has where because of the pandemic, uh, the uh, sexual abuse within homebound violence, gender mm. violence, mm. sexual True. violence, child sexual abuse, all of this has spiked. Correct, okay. correct. Actually, Actually, I mean, UN calls this a shadow pandemic. It's happening mm. everywhere, right? True. True. Um, uh, but we are not talking about it really. I mean, we're talking about it, but mm. what if, we are not really addressing it right now because the more urgent need is in the health sector right now. Mm -hmm. The more urgent need is to be looking at the people's uh, economy, food on the table. Mm -hmm. um, Exactly. Yeah. Hospitals, right? But, but it doesn't take away the urgency of what harm is actually happening where this is concerned as well. Mm -hmm. But somehow it really still keeps us at the bottom of the pile. Hmm. Right. So Absolutely. it's not an easy place for us. So although we have like stories and reaching out and people coming to us, like support us, help us for this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that many people who are coming forward with support for this in terms of uh, funding. Hmm. So it's, okay. not a, it's not an easy place for us to be when we, mm-hmm. we can. It's almost like you're saying, even in the health sector, you you know what the requirement is, but you don't have the resources to do anything about it. Hmm. So. We are kind of in a similar situation when we're talking about the shadow pandemic and how we're addressing it. I agree, I agree. Yeah, true. Um, Natasha, uh, I think I'll come to you now with, uh, so uh, you founded S-Box, correct? Which has been responsible for putting together campaigns like uh, Beti Padao, Beti Bachao for the Ministry of Women and Child Development. Uh, So tell me from your perspective, more to do with the branding, marketing and communication how does this work or how differently does this work for the for the CSR based or a social cost based, uh, you know, sector as such overall? Marketing, when it concerns NGOs, I think one of the biggest factors to factor in where marketing is concerned with regards to NGOs is that you are working with almost a zero budget, right? So um, <laughs> that so when you compare it to companies who have huge marketing budgets, your strategies have to be very, very different. Um, when you, so a lot of us, we depend on grants from big tech, be it NASCAR hmm. foundation or Google ad grants. So a lot of our strategies are kind of developed around the grants that we are able to get and the volunteers and interns that we can find to execute these strategies. True. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I think <laughs> um, that is the biggest difference. Okay, but tell me, uh, okay, I'm just uh, digressing a bit from right. the main, uh, you know, marketing, putting together campaign for CSR agenda. Okay. I've noticed this, okay, from my experience that a lot of times when organizations have a certain vision for CSR and a social cause, why does this become a challenge, uh, uh, you know, for them to, effectively communicate this or get a buy-in from their own employees. 
so uh, i'll give you a very practical example so in a lot of companies you know when you're running a your uh, some sort of a charity campaign or you're wanting employees to get out of their office and be involved in a certain activity it takes a lot of effort uh, you know from by the hr and the uh, csr departments to get them out and be involved with the heart so why is there a gap i mean if organizations are setting up a csr ca- agenda for their for themselves uh, why can't their internal stakeholders get a you know believe in it as much as what the organization want them to believe is there a gap in setting this together or what do you see smita i mean i would love to hear yeah. this from you and so, from natasha both yeah if i can just uh, pitch in here a little bit because this it's not about that employee it, it's a hard it, there's a gap and the employees don't want to do and their heart is not in the right place but hmm. there are multiple factors over here okay hmm. one is fatigue hmm. because there's just so much that needs to be done right Right. Uh, and there's so many causes that need to be done and if if and then the second thing is about participation hmm. a participatory process of deciding what needs to be done right mm-hmm. so if it is something which is imposed upon you that okay we have decided this is what we're going to do and we want you to come and do this there's there's mm. a question of choice i don't have my choice right mm-hmm. um i may feel very strongly about for example child sexual abuse but i actually feel more strongly about the turtles true and i would want an opportunity to actually want to go out and save turtles i do want to save children i'm not denying it but i also mm-hmm. do want to go and save turtles true do i have a choice to do that okay hmm. so okay. participation participatory approach to decision making is actually hmm. critical and key to getting employee engagement where csr initiatives are concerned and hmm. and you know hmm. the coming up of many platforms uh, which are coming in um, they're, they're, and this need has been recognized mathulika and mm. there are actually very good structures and frameworks that are coming in place which give the employees an opportunity to say ngo of your choice okay so they give you a mm. list of ngos with which the organization has partnered with or the platform that they have partnered with has a list of uh, uh, ngos where due diligence has been done and they have been vetted and they say okay choose your ngo this is your giving week just choose mm-hmm. your ngo the amount of time or money that you give will match it and the platform will match it so this incentive mm-hmm. oh okay if i give 50 rupees over here or if i give one hour of my time my organization is going to give one hour more to saving a turtle and somebody could be saving a turtle somebody True. could be doing child sexual abuse True. but there is a there is a option that they have there Correct. and today I, and i might feel strongly about everything so today i might want to do child sexual abuse tomorrow i would like to do saving the turtle you know correct so correct i'm not bound by the dictum mm. of what the csr uh, vision mm. of the company is um, it doesn't necessarily uh, align with my individual vision correct correct no i think you know you just said it so right because i think now i realize where the key to uh, successful involvement of your internal stakeholder lies is actually letting them believe uh, rather execute in what they personally believe as their social cause that they can have a, some contribution at and that's where the whole collective so it doesn't matter what you finally benefiting as long as you're doing some good to some uh, part of a society or community or surrounding right yes, so if we are living in a world where much needs to be done on many mm-hmm. levels but i i've not finished it i have another thing to add over here mm-hmm. having said this 
the way that I've also seen happening is communication. Impactful, effective, hmm. sensitive communication about the cause. Why has hmm. the company chosen this particular, true, uh, true. Uh, you know, uh, development goal? Why, does, why is the company putting all its weight behind this one particular thing that they want to do, which may be climate, which may be women empowerment, which may be education or health or whatever, hmm. whatever they're deciding to do? Hmm. Then what matters is I need to have very effective communication coming to me, which needs to be um, action-based, which needs to have a very clear call to action, results. Um, there needs to be an ROI in my time and my involvement. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're getting back for your money. If I'm investing in it, I need to know what is the tangible result or impact or the difference I'm going to make, which Correct. needs to feed into my emotion. It needs to, it needs mm. to kind of, you know, uh, connect with me at an emotional level because giving comes from emotion. Giving doesn't come mm. so from the heart. It comes from the heart, not mm. the mind so much. Mm. Absolutely, so absolutely. If the company is really believing that this is the cause that we want to um, invest in and we want all mm. our people who are working with us, our co-workers, to invest their time and energy into this, then mm. please invest in some effective communication. Correct, correct. Absolutely. So coming to the effective communication part, Natasha, I'll kind of uh, want to understand your perspective. So while I agree what you said about not having enough budget to, you know, go out all in terms of your campaigns and stuff, but I think there's enough scope to be creative now because of thanks to the social media that with with even maybe a little lesser, uh, you know, expenses and budgets that you may have, you can still do wonders if, if you are creative in what you're communicating, right? So how in this sector have you, you know, kind of uh, how's, how important is to be creative, but at the same time, be very careful in the kind of message you're imparting about that agenda or that, you know, objective that you're trying to communicate. So what has been your personal experience in this journey of planning campaigns, you know, around uh, different agendas as such? Okay, there are a lot of questions in this one question. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I admire Smita for, you know, being able to answer all the questions, but you can only answer one question at a time. So, which- okay. Yeah. So basically how, so first of all, how do you understood about the lack of budget part, but I'm just keeping that aside right now. I am actually, yeah, I I'm talking. Can I, can I just quickly pitch in over here for one sure. little thing over here where the message sure, Smita. part is concerned over here when we're talking about uh, designing uh, content for a campaign, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we decide, okay, so I, I'll give a, I'll just give a story over here. I mean, we just, mm-hmm. with, and we always partner. So we are looking at the, one of the creative ways of overcoming lack of resources is partner, collective action, collaboration. You have, you don't have money to give us, but you have the resources to pitch in. And so one very uh, generous uh, mm-hmm. partner came up and they helped us make a movie on prevention of child sexual abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there it is about really looking at what do you show and what do you do not show? Okay, mm-hmm. so the, the, the campaign is hinging on this particular movie. Okay, it's, it's, it's a mm-hmm. short film and it's going to be leading this whole thing, but you can't really make it, um, uh, what should I say, sensational mm-hmm. or titillating or victimized or just, uh, it just needs to be a conversation starter for people to sit up, take notice, get enrolled and come in. And so we had to work really hard with the team over there and almost like 
not almost, we did actually rewrite the entire script for them. And mm-hmm. we also had to also um, uh, be part of the whole shoot process to tell them, okay, these are visuals that you cannot show. You cannot mm-hmm. show, you cannot make this happen, you cannot make that happen. If you're talking about child sexual abuse, no, you cannot show mm-hmm. without clothes, you cannot show clothes getting off. You know, you can't, so you can't show. So all of those things, it, it's a... Uh, the kind of work that we are doing and the campaigns that we want to run needs to mm. be called to action driven. And sometimes a call to action is a conversation starter. Sometimes a call True. to action is a donation. Sometimes it's just information. It, it depends mm. on what we're trying to do in that particular, uh, you know, particular, mm. initiative, particular intervention. But information, getting people to understand the sensitive nature of information which has to come from the principle of do no harm. Mm-hmm. I think that is what kind of informs all the content that we try to create for um, and over to Natasha now. Right. So also, uh, you know, I'm just going to come to this point which you just spoke about, you know, whether how effectively sensitive issues can be spoken through, you know, marketing and communication. Mm. So uh, what kind of mediums has Sakshi adopted uh, over a period of time to, you know, reach out to the audience, you know, what and, and what has been successful in terms of making an impact and the kind of result you wanted out of such initiatives and, you know, campaigns and promotions? I think since we're using a digital platform, um, And I think this is something that COVID taught us as well, because before this, we were on ground conducting workshops, engaging with the students one on one face. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with Zoom calls and all of that, we realized that it is very important for us that our audiovisual communication is strong. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and I think that has definitely played a very, very important role. Again, using simple, simple messaging, using um, music, song, dance, uh, and, and like a whole variety of theater. Uh, mm-hmm. We also use a lot of theater and we encourage the students as well to kind of pick up that thread and, you know, uh, take it, take these messages, perform Nukkad Nataks in their families, in their communities. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a very effective way to disseminate a message. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So again, so with the growth of digital media today, right, and social, Natasha, do you think social media, while maybe of great advantage for content creation around this topic uh, and cause, right, sharing information relevant, so do you think somewhere uh, there's a lot happening on social today, there's too much of content floating around, too many NGOs talking about what they do, what contribution they need from the audience, so how does an audience perceive this, you know, at times is credibility and question mark, you know, whether I trust this or I don't trust this, you know, so what challenges would you specify to communicate through a social media channel specifically? Absolutely. I think it's social media in itself has become so saturated with the amount of information Hmm. that we have right now. And definitely, as you said, uh, credibility does play a huge role. And, and I mean, it holds true for other organizations as well, corporations as well, but even for influencer marketing is something that works even for NGOs. And, and, and we have seen that mm-hmm. firsthand because people have, people follow people and they believe and trust in them. And, and, and it's just that, yeah, it, it just, 
when you associate as a as a as an influencer, mm. if someone's associated with a cause, it kind of um, propels the audience to also take it up. Hmm. Interesting. Would you also like to share some um, something about uh, this very successful campaign, uh, "Beti Badao, Beti Bachao"? You know, would you like to share yeah. your journey? You like, you know, the whole making of the campaign. Some interesting insights about it. So, Madhulika, we did not make the campaign, but created content for the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, we created about two public service announcements, but not they weren't really okay. PSAs, but they were more leaning towards ads uh, and mm-hmm. um, a couple of uh, posters uh smita wrote the script so i let her talk talk about sure sure very sure. necessary yeah so beti bachao beti padhao actually the kind of this whole thing that they were doing so this campaign started 2013 mm-hmm. 2013 2014 i think it started somewhere there which is around that time that we had also done uh the play which we had uh, hmm. which was sex selective uh, elimination you know on uh, uh looking at uh, male female ratio uh, right. uh child sex ratio and stuff like that which was which actually went on to win the UNFPA largely national award uh, mm-hmm. for the best gender play uh, i i don't remember which year we won that but at some point 2013 <laughs> okay okay so much sometime we kind of so and from there uh, uh, the the psas that we kind of did it was actually looking at um all we have so many laws in place when we're talking about beti bachao beti padhao it's not just about you know saving a daughter and say so it's not just mm-hmm. about selective elimination it's it's much more it's looking mm-hmm. at you know, what are the causes which are actually preventing a girl from getting born to getting food to getting nurse nurturing to getting school education to getting health to mm-hmm. getting uh, skilled to not getting married to getting into professional colleges to not dropping out of the profession that she is in to glass ceiling there's a whole whole world over there which where, where there are obstacles along the route that we have where we right. consider a girl a, a girl a, a woman you know so it, the whole progression the life journey of this obstacle mm-hmm. is there and this particular uh, campaign that we were a part of the aspect of that campaign was all mm-hmm. based on the various laws that we have or the messages that we can actually look at the root causes so root causes and the laws that we're looking at is what we brought into the picture and mm-hmm. when we said one of the things that we the two pss that we worked on and we were very uh, uh, convinced about that we wanted to do this and that's what we did was one was talking about the root cause of um uh, inequality that breeds in from a patriarchal mindset how mm-hmm. and growing up years you know mm-hmm. as a child the conversation that i hear is actually what is going to inform me in how i'm treating um people along the way the patriarchal mindset boys or girls mm-hmm. right so we put together uh, two children and they're playing and and the and and something the play is not going well they're mm-hmm. fixing making a cartwheel the play is not going well and you should see this film it's a really sweet film uh, and and what the boy is coming up and saying mm-hmm. is sab tumhari galti hai mere daddy ke is delicate hote hain you know so it, uh-huh. it all the kind of um very innocent sounding but you can actually it makes you wake up oh my god okay is this how mm. the boy is going to be thinking as he grows up till the girl comes up and she comes up with a solution and she says mere daddy ke the main kuch bhi kar sakti hu hmm <laughs> so it's really absolutely soch badlo par kabhi aap mit jayega you know that's mm. what you go to 
The other thing that we were very convinced about is this whole, um, uh, what should I say, this relocation of women that mm-hmm. happens with the whole Kanyadan aspect mm-hmm. of our uh, mm-hmm. marriage system. Right? Mm-hmm. So you, 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 you kind of move from one, one family into another, you True. change your name, you let go of everything. True. Like you have no right over your husband's mm-hmm. family, but you have no right left in your maternal family also. Uh-huh. And you have no way of actually fulfilling your responsibilities also. True. So that's true. Right? true. Whereas we have, it is as per the law that the girl has as much right to look after her parents as a boy has a right to look after his parents. Mm-hmm. And, and she can actually, even if she's not the earning member of the family, she can get her parents to come and stay with her. Hmm. We don't know hmm. about this law. We don't hmm. know about this hmm. stuff. Right? Okay. Yes, so, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> so, so this is what we made the film on in which this middle class, upper middle class family and uh, the, the, the parents are not well and the girl gets them, the boy actually, the boy's family and his parents get the girl's parents to come in to stay with them. Uh, and the girl is surprised and she's like, oh, really? Okay, is this possible even? And she's told us, this is even the law. Mm. Okay. So you no longer have to kind of feel hesitant about that my parents are like, you know, Correct. So, uh, yeah, but Smitha, that's exactly the challenge with, especially when I speak about India, right? So it's oh. one could be the law. Okay, so if we, one is law, but another is your own mental block because of the conditioning that you've had, right? Absolutely. That the same thing, what you just said, you know, like uh, girls, oh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, as all those stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. which is very difficult. You can implement the law, but what happens when it's of no use, when people are yeah. thinking in this direction? So, it's a long it's journey to really change such mindsets. Again, Madhulika, it's all about, it's all about messaging. So, if you see this one minute film, and these are all one minute films that we did, okay? Hmm. So, but you see, so, so much packed in one minute because there's so many layers, you know, visual, audio, uh, performance. But we, we hmm. have brought this up. We did this. Hmm. He didn't let us stay. As soon as he came to know about illness, he brought us here. Hmm. Okay. So, we, it's, 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 you just have to keep hammering it in, hammering it in. That's how it's going to come. But not so, handling it in like, do uh, this. It has to of course. appeal to your emotional. <laughs> yeah, so I think this really brings us to a very important point that I think our listeners also needs to kind of, you know, understand oh. better is uh, while we, so one thing we must, uh, we must be, no, we are noticing now is that a lot of brands, right? Uh, so oh. I can just immediately oh. think of Ariel brand. Oh. So yeah. they ca- they came up some with some amazing content and storytelling about how a man can be equal a uh, contributor to the homework as much as a woman of the house is oh. right so uh, you know kind of campaign so these are all aimed towards you know trying to either portray what society is going moving towards or try oh. to bring a little shift in the way people look at things oh. right so why why not or maybe that's what we want to be aware uh, smith why not brands and ngos work together so that more and more people are aware of such things because i'm sure there's a lot of lack of awareness equally oh. Oh. Correct. So why can't brands get together and make better uh, reach, you know, through such campaigns and messaging? So I think I think that is one of the main aims of establishing Xbox. Um, hmm. Because we want okay. to create content and communication for social impact. And I think uh, in the society that we live in today, uh, it's and, and with the kind of reach that social media has, 
um, it, it becomes very important to create content that is also socially responsible. I was just going to add over here that although this is the need of the hour, um, mm-hmm. it's not just about having like saying, okay, civil society and brands need to be working together because what you're actually mm-hmm. trying to do is to dismantle the patriarchal mindset. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, a mm-hmm. patriarchal mindset is held together by multiple pillars. Mm-hmm. Heteronormativity is one of the pillars that we have over there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, which doesn't allow for any other perception of what can constitute a family unit, mm-hmm. right? A male-led head of the house kind of a family uh, unit where the woman is slightly less than the man, is slightly shorter than the man, is slightly thinner than the man, earns slightly less than the man, is slightly younger than the man, Mm. you know, all of Mm -hmm. it is slightly less than the man kind of a heteronormative Mm -hmm. family structure is what we're kind of looking at over here, which is the mindset that needs to be addressed and broken down. I'm not saying take a hammer and break it down like that, but it Mm. has to be that, that whole looking, that way of seeing is something that needs to be cultivated in that. Mm, right? True, which absolutely. Is what, which is what uh, uh, is what we are trying to do in any case. So very often, even if there are some brilliant messaging which is happening, brilliant. I mean, I, I myself mm. kind of quote many, many, many uh, films that have been made by brands. I, I use mm. them, I quote them, I kind of do that. But there are also equally number of uh, messaging, so much money invested that they one slightly wrong in the mm. messaging of it, the visual messaging of it, which has just reinforced the patriarchal mindset. So I mm. think it's like this conversation that needs to start happening is what is more important, I think. And I think social media and how partnerships and collective actions are happening and panels are happening and platforms are getting created for mm-hmm. this kind of a conversation, I think we'll go. We'll take this forward where we actually all get aligned in what kind messaging for what, hmm. what is the hmm. end point that we want to arrive at. If equality is what we are looking at, then we need to be under, able to understand constitutional right to equality. Then what is equality? If equality hmm. is not the same for everyone, right? Hmm. Equality True. is not in reference to another. Equality is not becoming like the man or having hmm. as much as the man or having as much as the other gender. Right. right. Equality is about opportunity as per your social context. True. As per your context that you if so if that messaging endpoint mm-hmm. is something the conversations which are needed. So yes, civil society and brands and brands have messages to give. They have a whole journey, but why is it that they want to make that particular message film or whatever uh, film that they PSA or TVC Mm. that they're trying to make? Civil society has a journey about what kind of a change they're trying to bring about in the Mm -hmm. thinking and the attitude. And I think that conversation is what is really needed between the Mm -hmm. two. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll I'll just give you a small, uh, I love this story. This is, this is a, uh, this is a, a feminist thinker. Uh, from uh, one of the African countries. And she says it in one of her talks, you know, that when we have to arrive at a time when a mother of a newborn baby or a young baby doesn't turn around to her husband and say, thank you for changing the nappy. Hmm. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Simply said, but it just has so much. That's, that's the kind of uh, environment we're looking for in the family. Hmm. Hmm. Great. So, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, 
what i uh, understand from this conversation is very clearly that while there are lots happening right everybody is doing their bit there are a lot of ngos which are coming in the forefront for with a lot of very important causes i think what's missing here and the gap needs to be filled is to do with effective ways of reaching out to the audience effective ways of storytelling which can really impact in the long term if made sustainable and consistent Perfect. so uh, we i mean we really i mean i think this is one topic which i was waiting to you know speak about because i think there are a lot of gaps that needs to be filled in and uh, it was amazing to get your insights smita and yours as well natasha on you know what's the way forward and we really hope that as things are changing for the better we'll see a lot more uh, you know uh, action taken towards this direction as well same here same here we want to arrive at a place where it's okay for us to be working for prevention of child sexual abuse and right. believe and understand that we need to invest in prevention and not just focus on prohibition and redress absolutely absolutely right. it it was complete it was amazing to have you on the show uh, smita and natasha thank you okay. so much for being there thanks radhika thank you so much thank you for tuning in sign up and subscribe to brewing talks on the all new eplog.media website by subscribing you can stay updated on the upcoming episodes and also share your comments and discussion on the show i will be eager to know your thoughts you can also listen to brewing talks on gana spotify jiosavan apple or google podcast i shall catch up with you all soon with yet another interesting brewing topic till then stay creative stay safe and take care